Hello and welcome to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out the BatmanUniverse.net for this and many other great Batman podcasts. This is Josh. Uh, This is Donovan. And this is Stella. And this week we are covering the Gotham episode, The Blind Fortune Teller, in which uh, our characters are all back and they're all having crazy adventures. Gordon and Leslie Tompkins go to the circus and Tommy Lee Jones shows up with a bomb demanding to know who Lieutenant Gordon is. So Gordon (laughs) yells that he's Gordon. No, uh, that's a Batman Forever joke, but actually... uh, no Tommy Lee Jones, but there is, you know, a fight breaking out between the Lloyds and the Graysons, who apparently had this ancient blood feud going all the way back to, like, the Downton Abbey days of uh, pre-World War One. And we all know who uh, the Lloyds are. We sure do. Yeah, well, the, the Lloyds will... Uh, the, the Lloyds have a girl named Mary who eventually becomes Mary Grayson, spoiler alert, but uh, maybe one day they'll have a Nightwing. Who knows? Uh, but in the, but before they have Nightwings, they have mysterious murders because apparently this fight is due to the fact that there's um, a dead circus performer and each family blames the other. And so Gordon does some investigating with Lee pestering along the whole time. Um, you know, in between investigating, they try to have romance and Lee gets on Gordon's every last nerve. But before, in the <laughs> end, Gordon relents and you know and lets them share everything and it turns out that the lead set that um that the murderer of this woman was her son Jerome is quite a joker which we'll we'll talk about more in the meantime uh Fish Mooney in her pirate jail um you know takes her new position as leader of the prisoners very seriously as she gives everyone a speech that if they follow her they are sure to die and somehow that causes cheers and somehow she's able to overcome her captors and get an audience with the prison keeper, which is how her arc ends in a cliffhanger. No one wants to go to Penguin's Club because the only singer he can manage to get is his mom. What? What? <laughs> so Mr. Zaz comes in, you know, with a dancing marionette of Butch saying, you know, Butch is going to help you run this club because I control him now and you can control him now too. Meanwhile, Barbara Keene, who I used to complain was never home enough, finally comes home for the first time in like four months to see two homeless children living in her apartment, which doesn't faze her. So they put on a fashion show and eat cookies, and Barbara goes to see Jim in her new hot clothes, only to find him kissing Lee, you know, as the music from Smallville Season 2 plays. Bruce Wayne finally, you know, picks up the pieces from the Viper episode. And meets with his board, and who we, we learn has been putting him off for months, explaining why this hasn't happened till now. And he basically says, there's corruption here, and I want it to stop. And they kind of, you know, don't take him too seriously. You know, like, oh, you look so cute in your little suit. Oh, legal action. Oh, Bruce, that's adorable. But the wheels have been set in motion, and that was the blind fortune teller, which surprisingly did not involve the woman whose eyes they took from last week. Surprisingly, it's the word, yes. Surprisingly. Stella, how did you feel about this episode of Gotham? Well, to continue the journey of, you know, what Stella does, 
while watching Gotham because I know the audience members like to know such things. I was sick, so I, I watched it, and I just thought I had fallen into some sort of feverish dream with all the things that were occurring. <laughs> you know, Barbara Gordon comes home, and there are two people in her apartment. She sits down on the couch, talks to them, and eats cereal. Not sure about that. Fish, Fish, all of a sudden is an, is on Survivor, and she's willing to make some trades and and make alliances and and things like that. Uh, so again, still in this feverish dream. Uh, Bruce, yeah, he he decides to go and and dress up and be a little big man right at the at the front of the table. And of course, we just have uh, basically the odd couple walking around solving a case with uh, with Jim and. And Lee. So it was certainly an interesting episode where lots of things happened that I guess I never really expected to have happened. Um, at one point, I thought I was watching American Horror Story Freak Show. And uh, who knew that if you let a snake out, oh my that it was basically gosh. like it was basically like a dog and would go right to its owner. <laughs> who, who knew about that? I feel so enlightened as a television viewer. <laughs> um, it was oh gosh. I mean, there were good moments. I, I think out of everything, the best moment, perhaps, or you know, the best storyline for me was in fact the. Uh, Oh, yeah, and let's not forget Penguin's mother being a lounge singer. They're That's what they opened the episode with. <laughs> yeah. Um, was the Lee Jim? There were some awkward moments. Um, I mean, it's kind of not really in her purview to be in on this side of the investigation, but I did like their interactions, so that was the best for me. But overall, I didn't think it was that strong of an episode. Uh, I, 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 I disagree. I think this is a very, very good episode. I think that... Um what was going on made plenty of sense and was exactly what we wanted to see, especially with Fish Mooney immediately becoming this sort of like Final Fantasy warrior who immediately assumes a position of power and leads these people who have no clue who she is. I really enjoyed seeing the Joker involved in the origin of Dick Grayson. I loved uh, not seeing Donald Logan in the episode except for like two scenes because you know even though Bullock's like one of the better characters, it was nice to not see him barely. Same thing with Bruce. I know Bruce is my, one of my favorite characters as well, and we saw him for like a hot second. Um, it made a lot of sense for uh, you know Peng- uh, Oswald Cobblepot, a young guy you know who has actually worked in a club, to open his brand new own club with his you know dilapidated mother to sing. I mean that I thought that was a very logical thing for this guy to do, and um, I cheered when he killed that guy. It was exactly what I wanted to see. And um, <laughs> my only regret is that he didn't kill you. <laughs> Who who would have thought that this show would would in, uh, introduce the you know the classic uh, uh, twist in the comics where Mister Zaz is actually like you know a genius at brain chemistry and can turn a man into like you know a mindless puppet? I mean, because I mean we all love that famous story from Shadow of the Bat number ninety three where Mister Zaz proves that he's actually a genius when it comes to uh, biochemistry. So that was really really awesome to see. So yeah, there was nothing I didn't like about this episode. I thought it was especially awesome. And when Barbara showed up to see Jim and Leslie kiss, I was just heartstruck and just mm-hmm. – I, I wanted her to go back to the bar with Lisa and start singing to be in love and get drunk and John her sorrows. Oh, and it was just a very emotional episode and I really – I can't – You felt bad for Barbara, didn't you? Oh, oh, you betcha. You betcha. You can run. 
I texted both of you saying Barbara pulls a Chloe Sullivan from Smallville season two. <laughs> and I texted back saying that could, that could mean a lot of terrible things. <laughs> um, um, but oh, yeah. I, 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 I absolutely I, – I thought this episode was engaging. I never wanted to shut it off, and um, I would watch it again. Basically vice versa of all that, the opposite of what I just said. Those are my, those are my, true, those are my true thoughts. I don't know how to follow both of you, but wow. Um I did go to the gym to watch this one, um, but uh, wow. yeah, just like I know. Stella like, commanded you. Just like Stella commanded me, there was no ellipticals and there was no Taylor Swifts. Um, so take that. And somebody, <laughs> this might be the worst episode of the series for me so far. It wasn't like there's been episodes that I've enjoyed less, but like this one had a lot of stuff in it that was just very, very, like, questionable writing and bad exposition, which I'll get into in, like, the more scene-by-scene things. But I knew we were in trouble when we opened up with, like, Gertrude Cobblepot singing. And, like, you know, things throughout the episode, like, you know, the like the Bloodhound Snake. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't believe I'm watching it. By the way, um, on Valentine's Day, I babysat um, a kid who, like, apparently is obsessed with snakes and knows everything about them. And, like, to tease him, I would say things like, did you know that there's no snakes in North America? And he'd be like, nah, like, I wish that, like, this, I could have shown him this episode. <laughs> like, to say, like, can snakes do this? But anyway, uh, so there, there was that. And then things like, I, I really don't think Fish's plan would have worked the way that it did. But we'll talk about that more when we get to fit. And just the Lee scenes were getting on my nerve as much as the, as much as they were for Gordon. And Barbara Keene, like, becomes one of the Gotham City sirens. You know, what in the what was that whatting? Oh. The, when she I, first shows up, she, she, uh, we'll probably talk about it later, but she, she, she first sees these two hobo children eating her food, probably smelling because they've been there for a while. And she's like, where's Jim? As though they know who, they, as though she knows they know who she's talking about, you know, like a logical person. Yeah, I don't mind the the Graysons being included, like in this prequel or the Joker for that matter, as long as he's not the Joker yet. Like, it wasn't the inclusion of those characters that ruined this episode for me. Like that that was, you know, didn't bother me as much as the bad writing and uh, and more specifically some of the bad dialogue vid. So. I guess the the two big things about this episode were that we got Joker and Dick Grayson's parents. So the, this Jerome guy, you know, and the, and his whole, you know, murdering his mother and that investigation. How how did we feel about that? Well, the kid creeped me out, let's be honest. But at the very end, just like when he he put on his his Joker persona, uh, I do have to applaud that actor because just the face, the laugh, I, I thought it was really well done, really got me creeped out um of course it always has something to do with like a relationship with a parent doesn't it so to see that this is probably his first killing and it it revolved around his mother uh, is is pretty interesting and it's almost i mean if you would have taken the story and just interchanged mother with wife you know she's always nagging me you could see that working out as well um i mean i i felt like we were kind of spoiled with the uh the preview from the previous episode just because i really didn't think it was going to be anyone else besides this guy so i was just waiting for it to end up where you know it would all it would all unfold uh 
because I didn't think it was likely that that anyone else would have killed her. But um, I guess I was waiting for a better explanation than just, you know, being a nag and that there may have been some more solid reasoning behind why he got fed up. You know, maybe he was abused or he just got... (laughs) That will require characterization. Men. Yeah, I know. Um, so I think the the story itself was weak, but I think the portrayal of him uh, was was really strong. But I do want – I mean do you think this is, this is the Joker or is this just like a potential for who you know it could be? But maybe it, some other person may come along that could be Joker. The producers like said at one point that they're going to have like Joker red herrings. Uh-huh. So maybe this is one of them, but – like in all the Literally. promos leading up to this, yeah, 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 they, they, they've said that that like that they're gonna like. Oh, he try had and con- red hair. Literally. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And that, my friends, is a funny. <laughs> he got he got a little overexcited. Yeah, well, but I guess like the promos were like saying, yeah, yeah, this is your Joker. But the promotions department and the producers, you know, maybe they're not on the same page. And actually, it's funny because a lot of people on on like the Facebook page and like different blog sites were complaining that like we all know who the killer was because of the promos. If they hadn't said that Joker was going to be in this episode, like it would have been a big like punch in the face, like surprise at the end when all of a sudden – this guy like turns into the Joker. Even if um, the promos hadn't spoiled that it was him, it was kind of suspicious. Like you know, the innocent little family. Like he was almost too innocent, and and just the way that the show was going. Like you knew that like the Graysons weren't going to be the murderers. So it was obviously you know going to be like the O2 innocent you know family member. I thought he did a good job with that last scene. I thought that it was a little too obvious and like to playing up the Joker trope, like him, like immediately, like going insane and laughing like that. But you know, whatever. I think that the actor did a fine job. There's really, he didn't really do that much this episode though. You know, he looked innocent. They called him into the police station and he, and he had that laugh. Um, I'm thinking that we'll see more of him next week in the red hood, you know, and we'll be able to judge more then. Well, you said that like Fox really, really promoted the idea that like, you know, this guy is no joke. And social media jumped on the idea that this is the Joker because they they showed that ugly face like all throughout the week in, in anticipation for it, and it kind of highlights the real big problem with it because you know he was only up to, up to, up to I, I agree with you that like if this wasn't if this was sort of like unexpected it would be a very interesting and big punch to the face of the viewers like holy crap this guy could be the Joker the fact that like they kind of played it up does kind of ruin it because you're seeing this, this like you know. Uh, Richie Cunningham looking guy, like, you know, kind of like, oh, nope, officer, I don't know what my mom was doing, kind of thing. You, you kind of got to deal with that for the entire episode. And then at the very end, you know, his life is shattered because his mom had sex with the clown and his dad is a blind fortune teller. So this creates the Joker, which is ridiculous. But um, I agree that the, the guy's acting was good. I mean, it's nothing I'm not – if I'm, if I'm being completely honest, it's nothing I've not seen before. Yeah, he looked, he looked really creepy and ugly. Because because his face did look really different than than uh, his face usually looked, so I'll give him that he is a good actor. But this is not me like screaming, "Holy crap!" He should be in every single episode because I'm not that much of a Joker like a fan, I guess. And I, I guess some of my annoyance is that it kind of plays into that whole Joker fandom that really does permeate uh, like way too much of the Batman universe to where like his his inclusion alone really bothers me. 
And the fact that like the fact that he just ran went crazy for like, in my opinion, not a good enough reason. I mean, he, he called this a bad day. <laughs> I know Stella hates the, the killing joke, but like, I, w- I would much rather. Take well, that. this isn't his bad day, though. Well, like, I mean, he committed a crime, and like, he, he kind of, we, we kind of pre, like, do you think there's any, anywhere else to go besides after this? I mean, we, yeah, we kind of yeah, see, like, you know, the edge well, of him going into it. Yeah, a bad of chemicals. Yeah, there's that, but like, I mean, even still, like, it's, it's like <laughs> unless they do the Dark Knight, uh, uh trilogy like origin where he just like puts on makeup <laughs> well no here's the thing because like it kind of goes in the whole harvey dent thing where like you know we couldn't go five seconds without harvey like you know turning the lights off so only half of his face was shown he's snapping at people it's like because he's a villain you guys is that kind of thing like you know why, why did this have to be here it, it, it was just it was just fan wank and you know i i, I enjoy continuity porn to the, to the you know at the best of times but like this was just i mean because if this wasn't the joker or if this wasn't like you know meant to be that or if this wasn't like you know kind of forced out to be that way this would just be a really stupid plot i think everyone would agree with that and i don't think that like the joker fan wink really makes up for that it was an interesting performance but like the fact that i wasn't high on joker appearing anyway kind of doomed it from the start in my for my opinion but generally speaking it was really limp and just like the whole um i i, I guess i don't like those i'm your father jerome what i'm sorry Shut up! No, that, that's that's stupid. That's stupid. You're being way too sweet on this, Josh. I don't know why you're being so innocent. Like you know, I said I hated the episode, and that it was one of the worst episodes of the series, if not but the you're, worst. You're totally kidding. That segment, though, it was ridiculous. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm being mean. I'm gonna back up. Okay, well, because the Joker didn't bother me as much as like other stuff, like his father, the blind fortune teller. I am so glad that we found out that he had something to do with the murder, because otherwise, that scene. Where he teleports into GCPD from stage left and says, oh, Gordon and Tompkins. Anyway, um, I just got a message from the heavens to tell you, you know, what to do so that the plot can advance. See you later. Like that with with his Davy Crockett, I guess that wouldn't be his son because otherwise that would be the Joker's brother. But like some like random kid in like a Davy Crockett like hat. That's Henry James Joker. (laughs) That kids haven't worn since like Marty McFly, you know, went to Hill Valley. Um, it's like what Stella said about the Miss Kringle scenes where like it, you feel like you're looking into the past and like <laughs> I have never seen like a real life kid like wear that unless it's for irony purposes or like a movie. Uh, but that well, I feel that like if, you, if, if we go back on the show or at, least at the end of the first season and say, what do we truly enjoy about Gotham? What can we show people who have not seen Gotham who are Batman fans to say, yes, this, this is what you need to see. And there is umbrella. Well, that's one episode. Out of like we're getting to like the pilot now, yeah, the pilot. I'll, I'll give you that. But like, I mean, there's too much of this crap going on. Where it's like, you know, oh well, you know, there's the kind of a Joker character. Ooh, I want to see that. And it's just like by the end of it, you're like, wait, really? Because if he wasn't there, this would just be like you know pointless cameos by John and Mary Grayson who kind of act excellent for the whole episode. I mean, I don't know. I I just I, I, I I'm not saying it's just to, just to be a hater. I really really did not like it. But, but I'll stop there. You don't, you don't need to hear more of that. Has there ever been an episode that all three of us have hated? Stella, can you think of an episode that all three of us have ever hated? No, because there are ones that that I don't like and Don likes, mm-hmm. I remember. So I don't know if we've ever all been on the same side. Maybe, well, I... Except for right now. <gasps> Could this be the end this of us? This is it. <laughs> all agreeing? Or the beginning. The beginning of the yeah. end. <laughs> But yeah, I I hated the blind fortune teller, and 
I, Don brought up a point that like I'm pondering, which is if this guy like wasn't the Joker and like and at the end of the episode it was like you killed him and like he gets arrested and he's just like some circus performer's son, you know, would that have how would that have been for the episode? And it would it would just would have just been like a boring circus plot that had John and Mary Grayson and I've said in the past that usually like the the killers who they track have something to do with like the main plot, like you know, the Balloon Man episode, like, showed you the corruption that the mayor city has and stuff like that. And this episode, like, the cold, like, investigation, that brought out... We went from Scarecrow for two in... episodes to literally John and Mary Grayson plus Joker. And then, yeah. that, that, that's yeah. high octane. Yeah. <laughs> We're out of original characters. But, yeah, I guess this episode's investigation brought out Lee and, you know, Jim's, like relationship but i felt like the stuff that happened with them this week is stuff that's been touched upon the last few weeks like we didn't need more of them like you know we had we, we had to finally know when, to when, how when gordon had sex that was a crucial plot point whoa 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 well that, that, that was brought up in the last episode and this one he, he, he like he's ben mckenzie is just like just like fiending for it so like when, in when the last episode like when she's like i got a nice bedroom like he could not call that taxi fast enough well, this was—he's like, you know, I don't want to do my job. That's obviously not what I came came to your place to do. Which is—it's it's kind of playful. Like, can we go in the morning? In the morning, <laughs> like, I actually like how in that scene, like, they didn't spell it out, but like, <laughs> I just love her. Like, in the morning, and she's like, "Oh, you assume that you're staying the night now." I do like that. <laughs> don't get it fresh with me, son. The whole Jim and Lee thing bothered me this episode because it's like, you know, what are you guys even fighting about? Like, oh, you should include me in your in your work. Like, didn't we weren't they just fighting like a week or two ago that like he all he was doing was including her in work and like not treating her like a girlfriend? Well, it was more of like, you know, you should believe this crazy blind fortune teller because I like I like (laughs) who turned out to be like the killer, one of the killers. So I I guess fair enough. And and I I, I will admit that I actually like kind of like that bit of. Leslie Tompkins' characterization. I'm not going to call her Lee. Leslie Tompkins' characterization, because that kind of seems something that she would, she would probably be inclined to be in line with. Like, you know, just kind of believing somebody who's who's often not believed by other people. So I, 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 did, I did kind of like that from a character perspective. Stella, you've been the, the Lee shipper of the show. And, yeah. And, and the one who is like, you know, convinced the world, you know, <laughs> that she is Barbara's true mother. How did you feel? How uh-huh. did you feel about, you know? The relationship between Barbara's mom and dad in this episode. Her true mom and dad. Well, yeah. It's, um, like I said, very odd couple I think. Um, because really, she has no right to be in this part of the investigation. But at every turn, she wants to be part of it. And so, Jim, I think, is in just this very difficult position because um, <laughs> I think, obviously, he, he's... He's more of a loner and wants to do his own investigation slash he's got the skills required for it and she doesn't. But then, you know, I, I think his heart is, you know, uh, also telling him that maybe she should be with him. But I, I like it's it's very much a um, a different relationship, like a buddy cop relationship that we've seen with Jim and Bullock. 
uh, because now, you know, Jim here is the cynical one and non-believing one, and then Lee is the uh, the very open-minded one and the one willing to give it a chance and very gung-ho. So she's very much a green rookie, I think, just very excited about the job and, and what she can do. So, I mean, I thought it was fun. I think it's not realistic, to be honest, just because I don't think a medical examiner should be put in that position in any circumstance. Um, but you know, it was fun to see. I, too, I was slightly annoyed the fact that, you know, she came up with these Iron Sisters. You know, they just sat down for dinner, and they're going to go out I think there Gordon was annoyed, too. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it be much easier to wait until the sun comes up to look for evidence? So just the thought that they found that hatchet right then and there was a bit of a surprise. But Oh, actually, whew, I, I'm still... sorry, but that reminds me. We should probably mention, Stella should probably mention this. That they find an axe by the Hellfire Club for some reason, yeah. as opposed to like I thought it was going to be like Haley Family Circus, but it's like you know F, F or HFC. Obviously, this is the Hellfire Club. We need to find Manchester or uh, what's his name, um, uh, Mastermind or whatever. He's Sebastian one. Shaw. Sebastian Shaw, Black Queen, yeah. White Queen. Uh, all those, all those crazy X Men characters. Well, they, they... Uh, well, isn't that like what's his name, brother um, something? He popped up in Eternal. Brother. Uh, oh, 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 Deacon Blackfire? Yeah. Well, that guy's... Isn't that... No, um, I don't think he's... Because, like, that's one of the story called. I'm not sure if that was called Hellfire Club, but, uh... Well, my point is that, like, I mean, what, what do you guys... What, Stella, what do you think about them stealing a, a Marvel... I mean, that's a pretty, like... I wouldn't say it's, it's an obvious grab, but if you know the if you know Marvel Comics, that's a pretty interesting thing to kind of see in a DC show. Is there not a, another form of it in DC? Comics? Not to my, no, I, I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure there's not been. Okay, um, I guess I'd have to do some quick research on that. Oh, yeah, I mean, I obviously that whenever I hear Hellfire Club, I obviously think of Shaw and him kidnapping um, a Jean Grey <laughs> and making her the Black yeah. Queen. Originally, it was yep. going to say um, West Coast Avengers on it, but like Marvel <laughs> said, you <laughs> Marvel said you can't do that. That's 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 like our third season of Defenders, so we're saving that. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, we need to have like a Netflix series for like twenty twenty five four. So like, no West Coast Avengers. I, I'm honestly curious though because I know that like comic book fans or maybe not comic fans, but like one or two of the writers on Yotham, I've seen like their twi- Twitter account. Uh, I forget why. But I know that they're they're combo fans, and I'm not sure if they're Marvel fans. But that's a pretty like it would it would honestly be like be like say like you know this is property of like rock saw and oil industry or whatever that kind of thing where like you know it only you immediately think Marvel comics and I'm I'm, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying this, that's very very peculiar, and I would like to know how that found its way in the script. But you know it's it's a it's a small point. Well, Hellfire as a, as a term isn't like a marvel club though like yeah yes Uh, i agree i'm just uh, i'm trying to ask myself from a non like you know i'm a marvel fan but like pretending that like i've never read a marvel comic like is that a term that you could accidentally come up with like no it's not like you know (laughs) like like rocks in and like oscorp are specific things like hellfire like is a legitimate term so i think if if, if, like it would probably be a bit more coincidental if it's like you know midtown high axe club or something it's like, well, you know, Midtown. Is not <laughs> Why would <laughs> Flash Thompson murdered the Joker's mom? <laughs> I didn't mean for that to happen, but like, uh, <laughs> take that dweeb. <laughs> I, I think that, like, like that, like for instance, what I'm, my point is that, like, the idea of like a name like Midtown is a lot more unassuming than the Hellfire Club. 
oh, it was this group of – what do you say? Like a cult from – because I, I don't remember what the cult – Deacon Blackfire's cult was called. I'm pretty sure it wasn't called the Hellfire Cult because that was after Marvel. And that was, that was a pretty – that would still be seen as kind of a big rift. And I would have heard about that, but uh, whatever. So do you think that Leslie's behavior is becoming of someone who's going to be the mother of the future Oracle? Do you approve? Do you do you um, still ship them, or have have you have you jumped ship? Are you in a lifeboat? She wants Barbara Sail, so sailing to the Barbara Keen vessel. That you know, if I ever um, was on that vessel, I would either deliberately uh, mess the ship up so he ran into an iceberg and and sunk. Or I would hop overboard. So that's not going to happen. I'm imagining um, a giant boat with, like, Aaron Richards' head. <laughs> like, <laughs> like in cars or, like, you know, planes. I'm imagining oh, Stella causing yeah. the, the sinking of, of a gigantic ship. With my crazy fan theory. Yeah, I can still see. I mean, again, she's still very put together. Uh, you know, I'm glad that she has... A good sense of humor. I, I feel like the Barbara Keene that we've seen is a very flat personality. And the only thing that sparkles about her is the fact that she's dabbled in some drugs, some sex, and some rock and roll. But, you know, at least we, she's got a good head on her shoulder. She can have fun. Um, I, I feel like she's intelligent. So it seems like that would be the makings of a, of a good Barbara Gordon baby. Oh. We must we must create this perfect baby that must become Bob Bar- 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 Gordon. <laughs> it's yeah. a race to see who could get pregnant first because my my prediction about Barbara Kane showing up with oh a baby. God, that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> it's a race to see who gets pregnant first. <laughs> who can Jim sleep with fast enough? <laughs> the clock is re- the clock is ticking. Well, Leslie has an advantage now because uh, they well, Barbara consummate. had this since episode one, right? Yeah, but like. If she hasn't grown a baby bump by now, because like they oh, haven't true. they haven't been together intimately since the end of Penguin's Umbrella, I, I'd guess. Like if if the, she hasn't grown a baby bump by now, I'm I'm gonna withdraw my prediction that she's pregnant. Although watch her turn out to be pregnant next week, but um, what's not? She's been doing drugs. That is true. If she's pregnant, that baby is going. That's why Barbara has red hair and not, not blonde or brown hair. That is one thing that bothered me about like the comic series Alias is like in issue one she's with Luke Cage, and like in the last issue of the series, like you find out that like in issue one he impregnated her, and throughout that series, like she's doing drugs, she's getting blackout drunk, and I'm like, oh, that's that's really horrible. It's but, a- okay, okay because it's comics and anything can happen. Comics. I actually have a point like like. Uh, should if this if this uh, redheaded tool was the Joker, if if Jim knew at that moment, he would probably blast him away and, and prevent you know ever being stripped naked from the guy years later. Yeah. Oh God, I'm like now imagining killing joke with the cast of Gotham. We all have something to say about this scene. I know we do, but Barbara Keene, who it is so weird, like in those early episodes when all I wanted her to do was get out of her apartment. Like I don't think she's been <laughs> in her apartment since it's the it was the Black Mask episode. We don't even need to uh, go back that, back that far to like start the conversation on this because the last time we saw her, she was going back to Mummy and Daddy's place with Jeffrey the Butler, and apparently, like, like her, the actress is British and the character, character of her parents is a British, but the, but the Barbara King character isn't. So she's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay here for a little while. How's Jim? Jim's good. <laughs> and then, like, the next time we see her, she comes from like I don't know some sort of New Year's Eve party with like 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 no no shoes. Her her dress is a mess. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess she's young, and like she's 
Yeah, Josh, what did you think that she I thought she was clearly intoxicated when she walked in. That would that would make a little bit of sense and like why she's not yelling at these two kids. Like she's a little drunk, so she's kind of in fact like her drunkenness might also explain her whole like, you know, where's Jim thing because you know, when you're when you have that much alcohol in you, you're a little more primal and all you like and all she wanted to do was like reach out to Jim, whereas if she was sober, she would probably realize, of course, Jim's not here, you know. And why would, you know, Curly Joe and this girl dressed as a bumblebee know who Jim is? These strangers, they're staring at Joe. She's like, where's Jim? Like, to me, that's like, that's not what a real person would say. It's been three months since, like, she left Jim in our time. But I'm wondering if it's been, like, three months in the show's time. Like, how fast does time move? Like, has she legitimately not been to her house in three months? Who's paying for that? Or maybe it's well, she, she's she's a trust fund baby. Like, we, we've learned that one now. So, uh, but that's well, – if we, she's we, drunk, I, I could like, excuse a little bit her joining the Gotham passed. City Sirens. How, how, much, but, how, much, how, how little of time can it possibly have passed, would you say? Like, like the minimum amount? A few weeks, a few weeks. Well, like, you know, I, I don't even seven. know because I, I would not want it to be a few weeks because if Jim was engaged, he should not be starting a new relationship a few weeks after an engagement has ended. I think three months is 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 an is an acceptable amount of time after an engagement. I don't know. It's and, he, and didn't didn't Bullock say that like, he figured out that like Gordon and Babs knew each other for, like since high school. No, 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 no. He he said he he said that like Jim has had like three girls in his life: a high school sweetheart, um, like a a, a a war girlfriend overseas, and then there's Barbara. We we need to talk about her seeing Ivy and like not not yelling at them. And by the way, so Josh, what trying, do you think? When she was trying on those clothes and like you know getting fashion advice from them. During those scenes, did Ivy ever think to say, oh, by the way, you know how you think he was screwing another girl in this apartment? That was totally me on the phone. That's what a nice person would say, but Ivy seemed like, you know, a future bad guy, so maybe not. I'm just wondering why a grown a grown woman would, like, take advice. Like, and when Cat was like, you know, no, 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 you don't want to come off as too desperate. Like, like is she, is she that, that poor that she has no friends and she would take the advice from these two homeless children? These street rats, as it were, like, I mean, like, she, she, is she still drunk in that scene? I, don't, I nothing, hope not. Nothing makes sense, man. If she was sharing alcohol with minors, that would be like, the, 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 yeah, that would be irredeemable. Yeah, I don't know if it's irredeemable, but it would it would be like at this point, the the writers like want us to hate the character. Well, it's at this point, it's like you know when when we major spoilers, you guys, at the very end of the episode where she sees. Um, Tompkins and Gordon kissing. And my, 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 my honest reaction was like, you can't possibly expect the audience to care about that. Like, are we really supposed to feel sad? You know, even though that Leslie's a way more charming, attractive, intelligent, funny, interesting, engaging, and engrossing character than Barbara Keane's ever been. Like, are we, is, is it supposed to be like, you know, uh oh, Jim's busted? Or is it like, poor Barbara Keane, she can't get back with the guy that she does not deserve? I, I, I don't know why. Uh, Bruno Heller thought that that was that was a, a nice way to, uh, to end the episode because it elicits no emotion from us. I think that that scene was needed though because it's kind of been the ticking time bomb where 
Like, when is Barbara going to find out that Jim is has another girlfriend? Like, that that need that needed to happen sooner or later. And, like, now it's happened. And I'll give you that. I, I think, I think not, not to play armchair writer, but, like, having it at the end of the episode uh, adds, like, supposed weight on it. Like, you know, this uh, was going to happen now, but, like, there was no weight to be had. So, like, I agree that it, it, it was going to happen sooner or later, but, like, it felt like it was coming off a bigger deal than it was or could have been. Do you know what I mean? One of my problems is I thought maybe we were going to go somewhere with her staying at her parents, but I guess that was just, hey, Mom, hey, Dad, I'm going to stay here, and then that's it. Uh, I, I felt like maybe there was some story potential there, uh, and then also just... Like the made-up story you gave me. Hey, that was a great story, and you believe I it. did. Hook, line, and sinker. Um, I mean, there's obviously some reason why her parents were very cold and standoffish towards her. And I think I I thought maybe we were going to see some development. I thought maybe she'd clean up her life. Where she went, uh, I mean, so she left her parents, went to a party, and then came over here. I mean, that's it looks like she did go to a New Year's Eve party. But, you know, she pops in, sees these kids. The kids don't even scamper out. Which the last time that someone popped in, remember, Selena was hiding from him and trying to get out. So they just sort of stay there. And Selena's eating that big gob of peanut butter. And Barbara yeah. just says, well, screw him anyways. Uh, and they're like, yeah, yeah. So it's like all of a sudden a girl. Gotham City Sirens. Yeah, I was just so astounded when she walked in and there was nothing like, what are you guys doing? Who the hell are like, you? But I think even if – because I do think that she was intoxicated. I feel like she she'll still should have been like, what in the world? Right. You know, why are you in my why are you in my apartment? I think no level of inebriation would have stopped you from asking that obvious question. I also think that were she an intelligent character, she would have made the connection that, oh, so you were the girl I talked to on the phone. I don't think Ivy needed to say anything. I think Barbara should have – That would also imply that like, like oh my god, Jim's not with you, is he? <laughs> and, uh, oh no! Oh gosh! It it was funny though that she came in and she said Jim, Jim. When every time Jim came in, he used to go Barbara, Barbara. Barbara. So it's very ironic that they were playing the same part basically. And then you yeah, having that little fashion show, which that was a pretty trampy outfit. To <laughs> decide to go into GCPD to win him over, and then of course she's taking advice from this twelve-year-old. You know that. You have to make it seem like you you don't care. What do they say? Like um, like you're going farming or fishing or something? Fishing. I just a train wreck. I mean, Barbara train wrecking is really what it. And yeah, just like Donovan said, I had no sympathy towards the character at the end. And I just wonder if anyone likes the character. If the actress realizes how much people loathe the character, and it's not you know it's not no the fault. absolutely not. It's totally the writing. But I feel bad that she's got this terrible character to work with. And it's not even like, you know, the character from the comics, like, uh, is, is at all, like, elicits a major emotional response. It's like, okay, here's Barbara King, here's Jim's fiance. Okay, fair enough, they're not married yet, but we'll see how this character goes. And it's like, you know, what are they doing to this character? Not that she's any getting great, but, like, she's needlessly written badly. It doesn't have to be this way. Yeah, and... It's not even like it's, a case of like, like Montoya where like I'm I'm ba- I'm sad over what they're doing to this really good character. It's like, you know, this character who is kind of harmless in the comics is like being made to just really elicit annoyance and irritation when she shows up. Like Stella, I was wondering like where they were going with her staying with her parents, and I thought 
when I had my baby bump theory, I thought, okay, this is like she's going to stay there while she's pregnant. And like, you know, and that's why. Gestating. Begging your pardon? While gestating. While gestating, <laughs> right. So that way, like, there, there'd there be a reason why the characters weren't running into her. Like, you know, so that that way there'd be a surprise when she did show up with the baby bump. And then when it turned out that wasn't true, it's like, okay, is there another reason why she went to her parents in that episode? But now, like, now that she went back there and that whole thing amounted to nothing, I was thinking, why was she there in the first place? And the only thing I can right. think of, the only reason why I feel like the writers sent her there was so that there would be a reason for Ivy and Selena to be able to, like, stay at this place for a long time. You could have had, like, uh, literally, because that, that parent scene now, in retrospect, feels like a deleted scene from the DVD. Where like you don't need to know where she's been because like like after uh, Montoya dumps her, she can just like you know be at a random hotel like you know just doing whatever until she decides to come back home. But why would she be staying at a hotel when like she has a luxurious apartment that I used to complain that she was in too much? Now I wonder why she's not there. Like I can't believe how like how fast my emotions on that have changed. There's too many memories of Jim and my wine bottles and Montoya <laughs> showing up to threaten me. Yeah, Montoya, who has not been seen since, like, you know, kicking Barbara Keene to the curb. But I think that the solution with Barbara Keene is, like, is not to, like, you know, throw the character out. But, like, they need to revamp the character. And they, they need to give her purpose, you know, which isn't a love triangle. And just, like, something. Like, she needs to have, like, a character-defining moment and a good character-defining moment that does not involve, like – a love triangle or like drugs or lesbianism. Not that there's anything wrong with lesbianism, but like just, I still feel that they're exploiting that. It's not that she's lesbian. She's like just bisexual randomly. It's like, you know, for some reason, give her something to do. Yeah. You know, give, give her, give her a role. And I, I don't know. Or or, maybe she can start a clinic on crime alley. I was wondering if like, because Shut up. (laughs) Well, well, they've traded lives. You know, Leslie's going to marry Jim and have Barbara Gordon, and Barbara Keene's going to open up a clinic. And then Denny's going to say that and and kill Stephanie Brown. Snyder, get right on it. But I don't want to. Get it or we'll retcon Batman's origin for a fifth time, and it'll be in the comics. Um, But I. I, Donovan's not there. I was one. I appreciate that. I was wondering if, um, like, maybe she's going to do something for orphans because she's helping, like, I say she's helping Ivy and Selena out, but, like, it seems like that's, uh... No, she's not. <laughs> it, it's more like they're helping more her out. She can help her by calling the police. Well, and I was thinking last night, ah, oh, you know, she's the Gotham City, like, she has more in common with Harley Quinn than I thought she did, because I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> she's taking Harley Quinn's place in the Gotham City Sirens. They're both blonde. Harley Quinn ever both- did drugs? They both have issues, you know, with, with like, you know, the man in their life, you know, like, and it's a psycho relationship, just like Jim's not as psycho as the Joker. You have Commissioner James cycle. Gordon and yeah. you have the clown puts of crime. I, I, I see your point, though. I'm not going to ruin it. Um, they both have, you know, um, relationships with that have lesbian undertones, you know, Harley with Ivy and Barbara with uh, Renee. They both they both are a bit crazy and blonde and there was a few other similarities that i thought of last night that are completely escaping me now well i mean if, if aaron richards like ever like cosplayed as harley quinn i could see it uh she has the, the, the big eyes for it it's not what blonde. i want for the character though but speaking of parentage <laughs> the other no. big thing that this week <laughs> no <laughs> yes where is this going <laughs> donovan's like no I'm like yes Don't this do is this. happening 
<laughs> what do you mean don't do this? We have to do this. Uh, it was a big part of the episode. <laughs> John Grayson and um and oh, his office penguin's mom. <laughs> oh <laughs> well, we we're gonna have to do that eventually too. No. <laughs> Uh, the Graysons, you know, which were like next to the Joker, the biggest like draw of this episode, you know, meeting Robin's parents. And I, I, another thing I realized, too, is the scene where Jim's talking with them. It's like, oh, you're going to have kids and, and your kids are going to love each other. I just thought of something real quick. Uh, to talk about that, that scene where they reference the fact that they might have a son. Um, if you guys <laughs> we're on a show called Comic Book Film Review. Uh and, and that uh, – well, first I'm going to start because they said, you know, oh, if we, have, if we have a son, we'll name him Gordon. Well, we'll think about that. Ha, 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 ha. We're sure alive. But like uh, they end up – obviously they end up naming him Richard, uh, you know, Dick for, sh- Dick for short. And Comic Book Film Review, we talked about how – like when we were talking about Dick Tracy, how the name Dick is, is slang for uh, police and detectives. So maybe like Dick is also a, a kind of backwards reference to Gordon being a cop or detective. So it kind of worked out both ways. Maybe possibly. Except, except the name, except Dick being slang for a cop is another like dated thing. So it would involve like. <laughs> well, this show's kind of timeless anyway, so you never know. Uh, it's, it's, it's not. It's not a point I'm married to. I'm just. I'm just pointing out the. Point <laughs> uh, Fine, it, say no. It, it, it's interesting. I could see that being on like TV tropes, like Wild Mass Guessing page, but I'm uh, or or fridge, you know, logic. Um, I hated every single every single line <laughs> of die. <laughs> you said I'm too soft. Like I'm not kidding. I hated every single piece of dialogue that like John and Mary had because everything that they said was like so expositiony. Like they're arguing with each other about things that like each should already know about. And as you it, know, the the Dresons and Lloyds have been feuding for years. How long? Since the Great World War. World War One. <laughs> So what you're saying is that the Graysons and Lloyds have had feuds for years. <laughs> so I see. Well, and, and in the end, like they just like all of a sudden, like, and it's not like they got engaged out of nowhere because she does say like one of them says to the other like I can't believe I ever thought I loved you. So I guess they dated before, and there was probably Romeo and Juliet tensions then. But like when they become engaged, even the dialogue when they become engaged is like very, very like rushed and expositiony and clunky like whoever wrote those scenes that like for those actors needed to like go back and rewrite them or like imagine saying these things out loud or imagine if you were actually in this situation how would you communicate because good good god those lines were all horrible um it remind the whole thing reminded me of the hatfields and mccoys those that famous a uh, feud that you know I think continues even to today, and it was something that I wasn't really expecting and not in a good way. I felt like it it made the plot more convoluted. I think if you were to take that out and have something happen to the circuit, like everything would have been the same. It's just that you would have eliminated one more plot point. Um, because it was, it, it seemed very similar, almost, you know, American Horror Story Freak Show, you know, something happened in that, then the, the freaks basically would take care of, you know, if someone did something in there, they would take care of that person. So I thought, oh yeah, that, that basically sounds right. So, I mean, if, if this lady was a member of the circus, somebody killed her, then, you know, maybe some suspicion on some of her lovers, but you don't really need this feud, I think, because in the end, it didn't really play any part. Uh, and then, yeah, it was weird, John and, and Mary just bickering from the start, just like the epitome, I guess, of these families fighting. And uh, 
But suddenly, suddenly, having Jerome being caught, apparently it puts a big Band-Aid on the uh, feud, which doesn't really make sense because I think the feud would still be there. It's just that neither of them killed, uh, neither of the families killed this uh, snake lady. But hey, the, the someone still did steal a horse in World War One. If it was that so easy to end the feud, it would have ended decades problem. earlier. I know exactly. So that seemed it seemed a little rushed. Like, hey, let's we're gonna do nice little fan service here and and uh, show the future of uh, Richard Grayson and everything. But yeah, I don't know. When I was watching that first scene, it reminded me of uh, Batman Forever. <laughs> All three of us. It really did. <laughs> Harvey, I'm Batman. What the hell do you want, Harvey? Batman, bruised, yeah. broken, bleeding, and in other words, dead. I think there were better ways to introduce these people or to not do it yet at all. The thing is that they're throwing everything at us the first season. What else is going to be left? Solomon Grundy, Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown. <laughs> Tim Drake. <laughs> Harold. Too soon. You can't do that. I almost said Hush, and then I realized, oh, wait, we did have Hush. Whoops. We yeah, oh, I bet you're going to get Bane sooner or later. We've had all well, the major villain like, villains. There was no character development with John and Mary Grace, and like they hated each other. Then at the end, they were engaged, but like we didn't see the transition. Like it would have been better if like we saw the moments where like they had the realization of like you know what their hate was doing or something, or like we didn't see that moment for them. It's just like one scene that oh boy they hate each other. Then the other scene <laughs> we're engaged and we're going to name our son Gordon Grayson. <laughs> Which kind of implies that like, like like John and Mary Grayson aren't very great, aren't very nice people. Which I suppose is okay, but you know, although Dick Grayson's such a likable character that like uh, it's kind of bizarre. Um, if you ever want to hear Dick Grayson's mom say the word douchebag, this is the episode for you. <laughs> and we know you do. I did. I, I did honestly find it interesting that like the guy they cast for Johnny Grayson obviously looked like a Greg Land drawn Nightwing. <laughs> he looks like those covers of like during like the mid to late uh, Dixon run, where like you see Nightwing with the same face over and over again. But um, uh, I thought that like if uh, Gordon and Leslie were at a circus and it was a Haley circus, and that's all there was to it, and that was just sort of like you know a backdrop for they're on a date. Meanwhile, Fish is doing stuff. That would have been fine. The fact that like. And then a fight breaks out, and then there's this big feud between the Graysons and the Lloyds. It goes back over a horse because comedy reasons. Like, that's what made it horrible writing. Like, first of all, maybe the Haley Circus, I mean, they don't think they, they talk about the reputation of the Haley Circus, but, like, they're really going to start a fight in the middle of a performance. Like, not, not in between shows, not in between acts. Like, you know, a clown car, constantly get out of a clown car and just punch out one of the acrobats. Like, I'm just like imagining like, <laughs> like I, I, that's that's what actually happened in, in like the first I know. I, I'm just like I'm applying this to real life like being that clown like okay I'm gonna go out and do my like you're waiting in the <laughs> tiny car like I'm so I'm like being in the audience like not sure if this is like a show or not <laughs> well it's just like Okay, if you if you don't like these family, either leave, quit, change jobs, go to another circus, or deal with it after the show. It's like you know, I I, I do not buy for an instant that they're going to start a, a fist fight in the middle of a performance because it's not like you know they did anything like to, to initiate it beforehand. Like you know, 
they did 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 Grayson bump into like another like oh like you know knock him down or whatever beforehand like because this starts as, I thought that like somebody was like it's Haley High School. It's 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 bullcrap is what it is honestly it, that's 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 atrocious writing. Nobody would ever do that. You know yeah okay it just is Gotham City but like you know when people don't act the way people do then like it just becomes a, a freakish cartoon. Um, you know I I I, I think that like. Like Josh said, the the inclusion of the Haley Circus and the Graysons on on its own merits wasn't as bad on principle as I was expecting. Although I'm not a fan of it, but like this whole this 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 whole few things, just like did y'all really think that was a good idea? I don't know because because it just comes off as ridiculous and, and unbelievable to me. So, uh, nope, not a fan either. Hey, do you want to know how this relates to Aladdin? Always. The guy look like him? I'm pretty sure that the um, the ringmaster was uh, the genie in the um, new production of Aladdin on Broadway. Really? Yeah. Have they ever had a friend like him? Um. Well, he was the one to hide the body in the cart, so if you call that a friend... Oh, well, that, that, that brings me to another uh, ranting complaint. Why can't you be... You know, positive. About what? (laughs) About this uh, wonderful episode. Because it's full of balloons. Wonderful episode. You hated it as much as we did. Don't pretend otherwise. But Donovan was the one who started off saying he liked it. I was just doing my best celebration. Well, that's because he's a liar. Oh, give me a break. I don't do that garbage. (laughs) Sorry, I I, 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 I didn't mean to reveal your secret. You had to cut that out, but... um, but uh, b- before she uh, admonishes me again, like uh, the guy's like, you know, if, if if you know one of our people are killed by somebody else, that's an act of God. But if if one of our circus folks just happens to feel like killing somebody, we handle that ourselves. What? Yeah. You're too what? It's <laughs> a betrayal. What, 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 what did you just say to me? Television? You you handle it yourselves? Yeah, yeah, get in the paddy wagon. You're under arrest. Are you kidding me? I know that, like... Well, he did arrest him. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm not, I mean, that's, that's true. But, like, I know that, like, if, if you ask Josh, if you spit and find a Haley Circus issue of Batman or Nightwing or Teen Titans, there's always going to be a murder, no matter what timeline of Dick Grayson's life there is. Every time Dick Grayson comes back, someone dies. But, like, I mean, like, the idea that, like, they actively, like, you know, every time somebody kills somebody, we cover it up. Like, how many times, how many murderers are in Haley Circus right now? <laughs> Not we cover it up. They they find the person responsible for it. And like, what, what, what do they do? Like, like, like shove them into the clown car? Like, never let them out? Like, or do they call the police themselves? No, I think they probably kill them. <laughs> That's even the, Grayson and, the Grayson and Lloyd's feud has been going on for decades. Own, it's like a micro... Uh, it's a microcosm of the world where they deal out justice as they see Let me fit. get this straight. This is Haley Circus, the place that houses the Joker... And the Hatfields and the McCoys fighting over a horse since World War One, and this is where Robin comes from. Well, he got adopted by Batman, you know, before <laughs> too much damage. <laughs> There's a reason why, like, you know, they wouldn't let the circus folks take him. <laughs> like, go, go, Gordon. <laughs> when Gordon was handling that case, it's like, well, so some of the circus folks want to take him in, and well, then know, like he looks I'm at the thinking. file, like everyone there has like been responsible for like nine murders. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to give him the Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I mean, well give, I put Selena <laughs> Kyle there. That worked out well, right? You might as well give uh, Mary Mary Grayson like like a teardrop tattoo. They're all they're all guilty. Oh my god. 
Well, at least we know why Dick Grayson probably sleeps with so many women. It all started there in the family. What? Well, he, he... <laughs> <laughs> with who is mom? What are you talking about? No, with the circus. Oh, yeah, like, we're like, it was normal for, um, what's her name, Joker's mom to, like, you know, have an active love. Are you happy about your mother's love life? Of course I am. If it wasn't for that, that's where I wouldn't be here. Is it, isn't it? Sex is a very natural human something, whatever he says. <laughs> I, I think the way they handle sex on the show is actually very strange. It's either, it's either really diseased or, or it's like, you know. Go- really diseased? Explain yourself. Well, like, I mean, I do not like. It goes back to the whole Joker thing. Are we really going to buy that? Like, you know, this guy killed his mom because, you know, okay, granted, she's clear, she's clearly like, like you know, a sex addict, nymphomaniac, you know, freak. But at the same time, like, we don't see any of that, and I thought that that was just a very, a very cheap way to like, you know, give him a reason to kill somebody. And then you have like, you know, we keep on talking about how sleazy the whole Barbara and and uh, uh, Montoya relationship is, and then you have like, like, like freaking Bullock, you know. Knocking up a uh, a uh, a prostitute and you know somebody else's. Oh, Barbara King's bed. I know it's it's like it's it's never like it's it, it's 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 very bizarre. And again, like you know, Goblin City, blah blah blah. But like it's it's honestly, it honestly, it honestly feels like an agenda by the writers. But I, I don't know. That, that, that's just a personal change. I'm not going to explain myself any further than that. But um, I was also going to say that like, well, legitimately, uh, we're dealing with mobsters. You know, well, yeah, like and stuff like, like that. Maroney had a few with, with like an S and M judge who like. Uh, Likes to be spanked by, I guess, like his uh, a younger man or whatever. It's, it's, it's always it's always done as this very like taboo kind of thing, as opposed to, like you know just things that happen. I don't I don't really like that, but um. But but I don't think I, I mean I think that Jim and Lee, you know, like it was very tasteful with them. Like we didn't I see them. I feel that like like there's always an exception to the rule. That's like one exception. Compared well, to and even Jim and Barbara, like I don't think we ever saw them in bed together. We just like. You know, like they kiss and like, you know, the scene would fade to black or something and, or like the camera would go down James Bond style. And, and like, <laughs> nobody the, does it better. <laughs> yeah. And and with Jim and Lee, you know, like we had the scene with well, Bullock I as mean, opposed like, I mean, to Jim, something Jim, gratuitous. Jim Gordon, it's like it's like the, well, it's like the TV show, like, you know, good people have good sex kind of. But like every single other character is just like, you know, there's freaking fish Mooney in the Russian. Like, you know, as long as we have sex, Falcone will never know. And then there's like you know there's like the really weird incest undertones between Penguin and his mom, and then you have like you know the whole judge thing like you know the very and I'll say it again exploitative way they do the whole Barbara and Montoya thing, and then it's like you know my mom was a you know she was a saint even though she had like you know sex with a clown and told me to do the dishes. It's like I feel that there's a trend that like you know I'm starting to pick up, and maybe maybe you guys aren't this fine. I'm not gonna like you know go to the streets pounding the pavement or whatever, but like. It's, it's something that I've noticed, and I, I don't really like it because it feels very cheap and not very well, you know, well considered. Um, besides, I want to mention the snake. Um, I thought snakes, you know, uh, pick up things and sense things by vibrations on the ground and not just smells of blood. But what do I know? I'm not a Gotham City writer. <laughs> Saras and like was like they they had like a whole scene of Saras and saying, "Wait, you used a snake? What the heck?" Uh, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. So, I thought that I, I thought that the snake, like you know, just was following its owner. Like it, it knew its owner was over there because it saw the murder, and like it was drawn to its owner. But e- e- even that is like very, very like stupid and suspect for me. Uh, we should probably, <laughs> as long as we have the will to live, we should probably finish up the other the other topics again. Fish Mooney, or or Gertrude Cobblepots, or oh. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Let's do Bruce Wayne so we can I can stall the pain. I, I think Fish Mooney is like would be a very interesting thing to hit up. 
What do you think, Stella? You have to choose Don or me. Again and again and again. Let's go with Cobblepot. Cobblepot? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, we we see Oswald, which you know, Butch showing up, and I I, I where where they even begin? Where they <laughs> you even do begin? This, Josh, you go. First. Actually, yeah, because I, I, cause I do want to counter something that Don said when he opened with this episode. By saying it's, it's not like Mister Zaz like knows human chemistry. Like, if you torture someone in your basement for weeks, you can legitimately like you know break down like their will to live. It's kind of like what cults do, you know, like. Colts have a way of breaking you down mentally until they can control you. And it's not like, you know, a chemistry cults? or science thing. Colts. Not a horse, but a cult. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Mr. Zaz had like a football team. Like, <laughs> the leader is- Yeah, Andrew Walk was in charge of his... Yeah. The leader is great. Yeah, so, leader is great. I mean, I could imagine if Mr. Zaz was torturing Butch in his basement for weeks um, that... Yeah, you know, Butch would eventually break. Because Mr. Zaz, even though we haven't seen everything that he could do, they've implied that, you know, he is a sadistic person, which I don't know why he wasn't given the job of torturing Fish Mooney instead of whatever that guy's name was. Well, Bob that's the or thing. It's like, we, we, we've seen him, like, you know, do the Scars thing, I think, in one episode, and he just talks weird, and he's bald and has no eyebrows. So, like, automatically, like, you know, oh, of course he's, like, you know, this, like, uh, super scientist who messes with people's minds and brains and, you know, tortures them to the point where like you know, they are they are broken to the wheels. Like like that I think that's a bit for the information that they've they've established, that's a lot to swallow for one guy. He's like, I do good work, don't I? I always do this. It's like what? I don't know. Which was probably which was probably starved for weeks, you know, like because that, that's starved one for one, weeks. Well, okay, like cause they dealt with this in Lost, you know, like um apparently I don't know if the, there's the science behind this. <laughs> are you talking about Hurley and what he's saying? Yeah, like at the end of the first season where they're like, you know, hey, Hurley, why are you still fat? And he talked about how I guess like if someone's like really, really fat, like, it takes a while before like, you know, they start to waste away. Not according reason. to Survivor. So a lot of fat people lose weight there. Well, but aren't they doing like physically strenuous activities? Uh, Yeah, like Rupert. Well, I, guess, I guess Rupert looked the same the three times he was on that show. Okay, it's a very yeah. like, like 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 television show heavy episode. I do think the whole like dance for me, you know, like that penguin did, like was a little ridiculous. But otherwise, I I could buy that like that they could do this to Butch. However, I am wondering if Butch is faking it because you know he yeah that's what I wondered right. He's still he's still loyal to fish. Um, mm-hmm. and I like the explanation that they gave about like why he was still alive. Like you know, well Falcone thought that he was too good to throw away, so. You know, here he is. After trying to kill him once before. Well, it's also but, the idea that, like, you know, I, we've tortured him for weeks, and, you know, and he's broken his will. And now we're bringing our secret weapon, Butch, out to help Penguin with his nightclub. Mwahahaha. It's like, what? That, right. that cliffhanger was completely, like, undercut by the solicitations that, like, say, you know, uh, Falcone makes Butch help with Penguin's nightclub. Because otherwise, like, when Butch shows up with Zaz. And, like, Penguin's, like, scared and it cuts the commercial. Like, you're wondering, like, oh, what's going on? Because you know that Zaz is loyal to Falcone, but you're like, you know, Butch is here. You know, like, what is this? What does this mean? Uh, but That's Butch I mean, Gilvizian. He's, you know, he's loyal to Fish Mooney. <laughs> I know. Why, why are you telling me this? 
Well, know. it's a legitimate concern that you would have. Like, this guy's going to be your right-hand man, you know? Like, I would say the same thing. Like, he's loyal to Fish Mooney. You can't do this. Well, I mean, I, I, just my last thing on Bush is I think, like, I think Stella said it where, like, or maybe Josh said it where, like, he could be playing them and still be loyal to Fish. We so, both like, said you know, it. Contradiction is truth kind of thing. So that, that might be a possibility. Uh, with Penguin's I don't know why Penguin thought that, like, maybe he was just humoring her, but, like, that's what I, I, I figured he was humoring her. The idea that like like he's like, a mama's I, boy. He's that stu- yeah because he can't be that stupid. To, like you know, even if he were to give her a shot, like you know, oh she's my opening act for my light club, and I'm so happy. I'm smiling from ear to ear. What this guy doesn't like her? I'm going to kill him, Gotham. <laughs> it it reminds me of when Fish kept interviewing different uh, acts and things. Uh, either singers or or jokers, he did a, he did a violin or comedians, yeah. And so now we've got this, and uh, clearly he doesn't know his his uh, his customers and what they would want. But some are smarter than others. But last, I mean, at least he has more than he had last episode because he had that hard rock band, and there was just that one guy that was. He was in his own little mosh pit. <laughs> what if they bring um, Dinah Lance into the show? A- as as the lead yeah, of the, the rock ashes, ashes on, on Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> um and then the the violinist at the end too i think he's just trying i i think he's bringing in what he likes and he's not necessarily thinking about what can best attract customers and uh, i like though that he's starting to spruce up like i like the little umbrella that was illuminated on the stage and everything um but yeah he just needs to I think somewhat get over himself a little bit and start to think about uh, better ways to to bring in a profit. I'm not really sure how Butch can help if he's like I, I don't know how he can be a mindless zombie but still be able to know this club ideas. scene. Yeah, so I'm not sure how that works, but I do. I, I was as I was watching it wondering whether Butch really was there or not. In his mind, I mean. <laughs> I don't think it was necessarily as bad as it was. It was delivered kind of confusingly. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I, I like the character. I think that like he's the the show kind of, kind of assumes more of him than he really is. But I think the character is nice and the actor is very likable. But bringing him back that way was just like, wait, what? But um, you know, and uh, I, I, as creepy and, and, and unsettling as she is, I actually do kind of like Piggy's mom because the actress plays her so to the hilt. That like I think it's actually a good. It's like like, like Fish Mooney and J.P. Smith. I think it's a good performance, but like what they have the characters do is just so weird that like uh, I I can only kind of you know cock my head and forget it ever happened. All right. So speaking of Fish Mooney, I want to play. I want to play a game with the two of you called. Um, let's. Um, by the way, do you want it spoiled? Like who these people are working for? Because like apparently it's in the solicitations and stuff. Uh, who was it for? Rachel Ghoul? Do you both want to know? I don't care. What do you What do you think, so? I mean, I guess we'll find out next week. All right. Well, I, I maybe I should bleep it out because in case the audience doesn't want to know. But it's the bleep bleep. It's the. So um. Did we see him earlier in the season? He was alluded to in the um, orphans episode. But anyway, um. So we're we're playing a game. Let's say that you're one of the uh prison guards, and you go down there to collect, you know, specimen, you know, like. Um, I was going to say, like, the Lilo and Stitch number or whatever it was, but, like, Experiment 626 or whatever. But you're going down to collect one of the prisoners, and Fish Mooney, like, 
comes at you with with the demands as as a prison guard how do you handle the situation uh stella you go first I take the gun that I'm obviously armed with and shoot her. <laughs> no more demands. <laughs> Come with me, Experiment 626. Your leader is dead. Don, what do you do? When she starts talking to me, like, like Eartha Kit, I look at, at two of my boys and I'm like, you know, can you believe this? And just probably just like, like balk her on the head with my pistol and say, you know, all right, I, I, no, that's happened. Uh, you guys come with me right now, and if and if like they make a move, I would like I would kneecap them. If they make another move, I would headshot them, and pretend that like you know I, that I that I'm aware that my gun has bullets in it, and um, not care about what this random four foot woman says when she t- stares in my eyes and says, "What's your name, boy?" And it's like you know <laughs> that really is none of your damn business. Get over there, or, you're, or they'll kill you. Because I don't. Like, eh, I, I guess I'm talking now. Like like like, like the only reason that that, that, that she is even alive is because the plot tells her that, that, that they need to obey her while she speaks. And that's nothing. There's no, nothing else. And her hair has died. Big whoop. Ridiculous. What if the it's her wig? Well, they'll finally figure out what's Stella's been right all along. Somehow. I need to stop saying because every time I do, I'm going to have to bleep it. And, and like when I'm editing this, you know, tomorrow, I'm going to be really annoyed about the amount of times I'm going to have to bleep. Well, I said like twice. I didn't really think he needed people to be alive, though. Uh, well, this is well, this is does. Gotham. This isn't Batman, so things are way different. Um, and how they're not—they took my eyes. Why don't they just kill her and take her eyes? <laughs> they need because they still need, like I guess, a liver or something from her. Eventually, I, 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 I don't know. Um, but okay, pretending that I can't do what you and Stella could do as guards in this situation, like. Let's pretend that like all the obvious avenues are not available to me, and I have to like then you don't go these down women's there. demands. No, this is what I do. I throw like tear gas or sleeping gas down there, and while these people are asleep, when they wake up, they are all in solitary cells, which means that like they cannot you know unionize against me anymore because if their strength comes from numbers, then you separate them because they can't kill each other. These prison guards were like way too impotent. Like they they should have had, you know, more power than they did. And also, I was surprised that like these people were willing to die for fish so soon. And by the way, no. that guy who sacrificed himself for them, they could not have this guy who was doing them a favor and sacrificing himself for the they greater curb good. They curb stomped him. <laughs> yeah, they could not have like given him a more painful death. Like, good I, lord! I, I heard those ribs crack. Yeah, like oh, that poor guy. Like you know, just give him a quick painless death if you could. And, and while they were doing that, like, they didn't shoot – I don't think that fish – this episode was bad for me for many reasons, like the blind fortune teller coming out of nowhere and, like, you know, the bloodhound snake and Barbara King being a Gotham City siren. But in addition to all that, <laughs> it was the it was the fact that, like, Fish's plan, there is about ten reasons why her plan should not have worked, and yet it did. And and even when she gives that speech, like, some of you will die, like Danny DeVito from, like, Batman Returns. Like, people are people are okay with this. Like, I know. It, it assumes, that, like, that, like that she has a silver tongue. She's a great orator that can inspire people. But, like, no. Like, oh, she, she stole a knife and, and stabbed a guy in the neck. What, who can't? I, what I do not like about the Fish Mooney character is, like, when she is shown to be, like, feared or whatever. Because, okay, it, it, it involves a lot of 
past history that we've not just not seen. But for what we do see, she, she's never been very threatening in my eyes. She's like, like J.D. Pickett Smith probably could play somebody a bit scary, but like she's written to be like this kind of campy, like you know, mob boss. She, she can't inspire these like you know, animalistic hobo crazy super strong people. Like, she just can't. It's just like like like, like no, it, it, I don't. You don't buy it for a second. Absolutely not. You know, it's weird because. Uh... It seems like she's really got them on her side so quickly um, after killing that guy, whatever his name was, Mace. Um, it just, I don't know. It seems like th- there would be some sort of hard transition period where people would get used to her, but right away, they're, I mean, she's very much the Pied Piper and they are the rats. Uh, I was surprised to not see that right-hand man that she had, the butch replacement. He didn't really, he wasn't around. And then, yeah, the, the fact that someone who barely knew her was willing to sacrifice his life. Um, I did think, though, that perhaps the first big guy that punched him was trying to hit him so hard that it knocked him out. So then, like, he was beaten to death without being conscious of being beaten to death. But just the whole thing, the negotiations, you know, I'm just looking at these, like, two guards that have armed weapons with them, and that they are just letting her continue to talk. And I just thought, completely unreasonable. I mean... uh, Yeah, they need her alive, but, you know, like, what's one dead person? Like, is the going to be mad that they kill Fish Mooney? Ah. Who knows? But then, yeah, she get. Then there's a trade. I mean, do you think this trade seems like a a fair thing? That she goes up and one of the guards stays down. I mean, isn't he replaceable too? Well, what's to stop the guard from saying no? I'm going up with you. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand. The manager. The manager won't let them go up together. Well, I don't know if not wet, but I mean that was that was the deal. So wouldn't he be upset if? He went up with her. Who the heck? Who, who, who the heck knows? I, I guess we'll find out next week. So, which, which, uh, the last part of the episode, which is weird, because like, so Bruce Wayne had, um, actually, like, this was one of like the few good parts of the episode for me. I love that scene of him and the board. Like, that was done good. He came in and he take control, and like, yeah, the board was very, very condescending to him. But um, and actually, it like, would be in real life. Judging from, like, the solicitations, like, uh, for the next few weeks, like, there's going to be some consequences for this. So this was more of, like, a setup episode than anything else. But I am glad that, like, because we've had this plot thread, you know, like, since Viper of, like, you know, Bruce needs to talk to the board about the corruption. But then he forgot about it for a while because, you know, uh, Lovecraft and, you know, girls coming over his house, skiing and, like, you know, falling down mountains. Man, he's had a weird few months, but... uh. So now he's finally, like, going through with it, and I like that scene a lot. So, Donovan, tell me tell me why I'm wrong and why this scene is the worst thing ever. Because I watched it. No, no, no. I, I liked it, too. No, I, I did. I did. Uh, I, again, like, 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 the batting average for Bruce Wayne scenes are very, very high. I, I, I really dislike Bruce Wayne. I don't care if you Batting average? Uh, Bat? <laughs> Batman? <laughs> Um, but like I think that like uh, I like I I, I might be inconsistent and hypocritical in saying this but like whenever they do the whole like you know he's going to be Batman someday kind of thing I do like that because I think that with Bruce Wayne 
he's a character that you can do that with because he's supposed to be like focused very early on. He's supposed to be like very single minded and like you know not all that different uh, majorly from like from like from this age to this age. So like when he says like at the boardroom, if I was running this place, this place Wayne Foundation or Wayne Enterprise would be clean or whatever. Uh, I'm like, yeah, that's hooray because you know someday it will be like, like that's kind of, that's cool to me, and it's cool seeing him in a, in a business suit in the boardroom at Wayne Enterprises. That's it reminds. Did you read this, Josh? Like it, there was a scene in like Morris's Batman Robin one where Damien did the exact same thing because uh, like you know Bruce Wayne was like not messing with because he was dead slash Tommy Elliot. But um, it reminded me of that. But this is actually Bruce Wayne, so it was kind of cool for me seeing that. It reminded me also of um, Amazing Spider-Man Two. With uh, with Harry in the uh, the board, just seeing uh, a young man sort of come into his own and and take leadership, it was uncomfortable to watch. Just because clearly, I mean, they were happy to see him, but they were just you know entertaining this this you know twelve year old kids kids desire to be there, and I think. There were two of them that like were especially suspicious looking. Uh, the guy who kept asking stuff, and then the Asian lady with the unibrow. And um, it was it was a black lady that was following him around in Viper. I remember. Right. Yeah, yeah I didn't see too. her though. So I feel like those two feel like you know what does this kid have? Can we put in? And then the other people are probably just wondering, you know can we put any stock into this? You know, do I have suspicions of these people as well? I do like how he said, you know, I didn't, um, I haven't told you everything that I know. So he clearly, I'm, I'm hoping that he has some solid evidence. And I was wondering if he was going to drop some evidence right then and there, but I guess it's good that he, he left some things to be, uh, desired. Um, it was a little strange. The scene before that happened where Alfred says something like, if you're dead in a ditch, don't come crying. I think he said. He I think say? he said, "If we're dead in a ditch." Yeah. Oh. Okay. He's like, I fell down a so, ditch yeah. last episode, Alfred, and you didn't yeah, help me up. You should have said something like that. So yeah, it was hard to watch just because, um, I you know they weren't very responsive to him and they were treating him like he is a twelve year old, and uh, and I was pretty astounded just with the vocabulary and the way that. Uh, Bruce was talking, almost in stilted speech. It almost sounded like, you know, it was coming from cue cards. Um, but I guess he is, <laughs> the he is very much a he is very much a, a twelve, you know, a twelve year old. Uh, he rehearsed that scene in his dance, bathroom mirror, like before the board meet. Potentially, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was a good scene, albeit uncomfortable to watch, as I said. <laughs> Why was it yeah. uncomfortable again? I'm sorry, I must have missed that. Why was it uncomfortable? Yeah. Well, it's like one of those awkward, didn't you think it was an awkward scene where they're, I mean, he's talking about this stuff and they're clearly like disbelieving him uh, and they're treating him like he's just a little kid that doesn't belong there and like, oh, that's cute. There, well, such a, that's such what, a nice young man in your suit. Ooh. I don't yeah. know. Cause like, 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 we've not seen the Wayne foundation have that much impact on what Bruce Wayne's able to do. And I know that he was right. So it was just like, yeah, you get him, Bruce, you sure are going to be Batman someday. I think that it's more than two people who are like behind it because I, I know Stella said that it looked like they were happy to see him, but I think that that was like very, very much Stepford smiles because the, Alfred said and Bruce say at the beginning of the episode that like they've been putting this off for months, like trying to delay it. So I think that they just want to get this over with or like or they can't delay it any longer. But if it's the whole board, like you know, delaying this meeting with Bruce for this long. 
I think that um, a majority of the board are corrupt, if not the whole board. Yeah, oh, definitely. I, I think that there's no question that, like, when he says that there's corruption there, they're right. But the uh, question is how much. And, you know, but what can he do? At, at this point, I'm wondering, and I'm not advocating, but I'm wondering, like, you know, when wh- are they going to show Lucius Fox anytime soon? Cause <laughs> They've be, showed everyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, You've met the Riddler. You've met. You've met Bane now. Fox is a proud to introduce Fox. <laughs> that would be funny. Fox on Fox. I have to bleep out the <laughs> again. <laughs> and I have to bleep out the <laughs> Uh So one of you tell me about Alex Hay and the other one tell me about uh, next week. So on the Batman Universe uh, reviews for the episode, the Bind Fortune Teller, Alex Hay gave this four out of five better rings. What? Four out of five. (laughs) 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 What episode did he watch? The fool. He obviously should have been uh, agreeing with us and not himself. I read his review and like, and he had the same Barbara Keene like Gotham City Sirens issue that we had. As as damn well he should. Apparently, that's the only issue he had. (laughs) Apparently. Uh, so Stella, tell me about what's what's happening next week in Gotham. Gordon okay. Gork uncover the Red Hood gang on an all new Gotham Monday, February twenty third. Following several bank robberies, Gordon and Bullock investigate the Red Hood gang. Selena Kyle continues to bond with Barbara, and Fish Mooney tries to reclaim her position in the underworld. In the all-new Red Hood episode of Gotham. So, bonding, eh? <laughs> That's all I got out of it. Selena and they, they are not going to go there. Uh, I, I, I ref- they are going. They, no. Wait, what do you mean? Well, the way that you were saying bonding, I thought you were trying to imply that, like... No. Okay, good. I just can't believe that she's staying in her apartment. I, I noticed they don't sure. say anything Selena's about the, Ivy. She's the like, luckiest orphan ever. <laughs> That's not Batman. Selena, come live in my mansion. No way. Selena, you know, come live in my penthouse. Like, oh, it's it's Sophie's choice here. I'm down it, for the Red Hood game, right? Are you? <laughs> I'm guessing that Alfred's going to get hurt, judging by, like, what some of the solicitations are saying. And we do see, like, it, it was hard to see who was in the hospital bed, but it's obviously Alfred because, like, Bruce is crying and hugging Jim. So... I thought I saw Bruce punch him out. Alfred? In the promo. He punches yeah. somebody. What? I don't know if it's Alfred. I think it's another guy, but... Why would Bruce punch Alfred? You, training again? Or maybe Alfred, like, did, like, a, something again, like, drop Bruce down a hill and break his leg. And Bruce <laughs> yeah, Alfred finally... broke Bruce's leg. That's what happened. Oh! Maybe he took him to Santa Prisca and dropped him down the hole. <laughs> By the and there Bruce met Bane. I can't believe we didn't talk about this with the boardroom scene, but Bruce still has his like notebook from the second episode <laughs> with like with like oh, yeah. all those drawings with in the it. crawling in my skin artwork. <laughs> I for- I can't believe we didn't mention that. But th- that promo, honestly, it doesn't really tell us much. Just that like, um, it says five episodes until the season finale, but I think we only have like six episodes left. So I'm guessing the season finale or. Or no, hold on. It's six or seven. So I'm basically I did the math, and I guess the season finale is going to be like two episodes in one, which like you know some networks do, like two episodes on the same night. So you know, just food for thought. Like a, like a two-hour special. Yeah, 
That, that's 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 my prediction right now because Wait, like how many episodes we have again. They have twenty two episodes um, this season, and the promo says five episodes until the season finale. And what episode did we just watch now? Seventeen. Seventeen. So that would be. Maybe sixteen. I can't do math right now. I'm a visual guy. <laughs> Latin teacher. We need. No, you're a Latin teacher, not a math teacher. Um, they were. They're certainly not wearing a hard hat. We just watched episode sixteen. Okay. So five episodes from now would be episode twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah. So. And then twenty-two is the season finale. Okay, maybe maybe my math. It depends on what you mean by like five episodes left till the season finale, like. But so join us next week for Red Hood. (laughs) (laughs) This is Josh. This is Donovan. And this is Stella. And you've been listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast. Fishing. Donovan accused me of that one time. Going fishing? Um, yes. <laughs> it was me. On the next episode of, of Gotham, Barbara King goes fishing. If you know yeah, what we're exactly. saying. Exactly. Fishing for a man. Or a um, woman. Shut up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This is why the three of us are here together. <laughs> I like, I like so, what anyways. <laughs> I, I have no problem. This is an interesting episode. <laughs> I have no Well, you asked me about menstruation last episode. So <laughs> he did? Go up from there. We were talking her. about when Barbara Keen would realize she's pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you turned to me, the only female. That's no, no, no. Be, be, because you challenged it. And he, <laughs> you challenged it. And, I said, and as I rightly did. Oh, God. This I is like... The wheels are supposed to come around and run out. Oh my god. (laughs) We need to end this podcast now. The entire show, not just this. We still have to talk about Fish Mooney and Gertrude Gobblebots. Oh my god, no! You said that sex on this show is just. And Stella said, "How is it?" Well, it's like you know yeah. the idea. I'm going to need all the Barbara King gift sets from out here. Who's bisexual? Barbara King's bisexual. I get really like, what the hell? What? What kind of gift is that? Oh here, okay. You, oh, you want to see? What kind of, okay, here we go. You want to see what kind of gift this is? Do you want to see what kind of gift? I guess Josh can't see because it's in the chat window, but. <laughs> Barbara. Uh, well, it's for, it's for, it's for, Everything it's for, that Tumblr has to say about Barbara Kane has to do with her bisexuality or well, drinking wine. <laughs> let's, let's not pretend like that. we forgot about that. But, uh, I don't know. We didn't mention her bisexuality this. Oh, we did when Stella's like. Oh, we did she's three getting, times. <laughs> did we? It's a weird. Um. It's Kermit freaking out. What? Why is Kermit freaking out? Yeah. Why is Kermit freaking out about Barbara? <laughs> what kind of universe are we in where Kermit the Frog like <laughs> like is emotion is emotionally invested in Barbara King? Like 
He's invested in the bison. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> like, Miss Piggy, can you turn it down? The next episode of Gotham's on. I have to see if Barbara Keen is at her parents' house this week. Oh, Justin. Oh, Kermy! Barbara Keen's with the Gotham City Sirens! <laughs> <laughs> Josh, Josh, real talk. You have got to say this for the purpose. This is hilarious. <laughs> what kind of universe would for the frog because that shit on barbecue? I'm crying again. Uh, you've met the Joker. You've met Fish Mooney. Now meet the frog. Uh, Kermit the Frog. He, like, imagine like Kermit the Frog, like and like Bulk's like interrogating him, like yeah. <laughs> you, you never get a breath. No lie, you, you never get a breath. It's like it's not hard, but like it's, it's been a while since I heard. <laughs> they, they, they have very like you know like distinct voices. Like it's so, not someone hard thought that like uh like, thinks that like like brought up the idea that like Yoda sounds either Super Grover or Miss Piggy. I was like I, I can't unhear that anymore. He's a combination of both of them, but Miss Piggy has like a higher voice. Like she's like, Kimmy. <laughs> no, don't. I my chest Kimmy, are you upset about Barbara Keen? Oh yeah. yeah you know she saw she saw Jim kissing Lee, and you know she's sad now because you know Jim Jim's moved on. Oh, Kimmy, would you be upset if I had a lesbian affair and then went to my parents' house for a few months? Oh my God, there's a there's a big glut of uh, Barbara Keen. Gifts of all the, the the stuff she's done. She's been in her apartment. 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 She's leaving her apartment. She's been in her apartment. That's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing since um 